Welcome to another edition of the Baseball America Prospect Handbook Podcast. J.J. Cooper, Josh Norris here. J.J. and the Bear. We're, we're, we're working on uh, <laughs> on developing that, you know. Uh, if you're not a child of the 70s like Josh, you may wonder, did you know about J.J. and B.J. and the Bear before you stumbled across that? I think I had heard of it referenced on Family Guy, but when John said it to me, why is the bear a chimp? Why couldn't it just be a bear? <laughs> Uh, but before we start, we're going to talk prospects today, but we do want to remind you that don't forget BA's draft offer. Subscribe now and receive one extra month of access with any premium content subscription. Go to BaseballAmerica.com forward slash subscribe. I had uh, sold one of those this week because someone asked me a question, so is that even on a three-month subscription? And it is. Yes, if you pay for a three-month premium subscription, all the online content, which will get you the draft coverage, the international July 2 coverage, uh, you know, midseason prospect update and all that, you'll get four months. So that'll take you into uh, league top 20s. So that's J.J. Cooper working on salary and commission. Yes. Hey, you know, but we're going to talk prospects today. Is that, That's what Josh and I do when we get together on these things. But be, before we start kind of talking about, we're going to talk a little about the hot sheet this week. Uh, you know, the hot sheets are the first month and month and a half of the season. We're, we're past a quarter way through the season. We're really... Uh, Rounding third on a third of the season yeah. at this point, you know we're we're gonna before long we'll be seeing all star rosters. Uh, we're pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. But Josh, let the let the listeners know you're gonna be busy coming up. So yeah, I'm what are you be. gonna see? Well, tonight after probably about probably when you guys are here in this podcast, I'll be en route to Charlotte to see Polanco versus the Charlotte Knights, and they've got some guys too. Micah one. Johnson, Micah Johnson, who you'll probably be seeing later today in the scouts video view. Um, so I see Polanco, and then from that after that game, I'm driving the hour to Hickory, and I'm going to you know, get a room there, and we're going to watch uh, Charleston versus Hickory the next couple nights. And they've got Aaron Judge and Miguel Andujar and Luis Severino and uh, Tyler Wade, uh, Gosuke Cato. And on the other side, they have Miguel De Leon, or Michael DeLeon, the 17-year-old shortstop who's still there, uh, Jairo Barris. Uh, Travis Demerit, Akeem Bostic versus Luis Severino is going to be Sunday's matchup. Uh, and there's lots of guys there. Then I come home for a couple days, and J.P. Crawford's going to be in town, and Raul Mondesi's going to be in town, and Joey Gallo's Hopefully, gonna, and, and um, Joey Gallo's. And Faro. And, and all those guys are going to be in Jose town. Jose Leclerc, and... Yup, and we get excited for closers here. <laughs> um, and then on Wednesday morning, I leave for the Northeast, back to, to where I came down here from. And we'll see Redding versus uh, Trenton for two days. And then one night I'll see Lakewood versus Delmarva. And then four games in three days of Portland versus Trenton, which if you followed along, Portland has Mookie, Mookie Betts. Betts. Okay, let's well, just stop. Mookie Betts. It has Mookie Betts. <laughs> That's and... enough right there. You've had me at Mookie Betts. <laughs> well, if you have Mookie Betts, we can throw in uh, Blake Swihart, Devin Marrero, I'm not sure I'm going to get to see Henry Owens. The way I've counted it so far, it looks like I miss him. Uh, Brian Johnson. And on the other side, you've got Peter O'Brien, who's coming for Gallo real quick. Slate Heathcott, Mason Williams, Tyler Austin, Gary Sanchez. Sanchez. Uh, Manny Benuelos may be pitching. He's supposed to, if, if everything goes well, I guess he pitches the day before I get to Reading. But I'll... Nothing ever, everything goes well for Manny. No, right. he got shut down with uh, dead arm. Uh, after coming back from Tommy John, but he's supposed to go two innings on Tuesday in Reading, and then so, so you're going to have a fun couple of weeks here from the prospect standpoint. Yeah, standpoint. yeah I'm going to have a I'm going to have a busy, fun couple of weeks uh, watching. Get, uh, good, uh, and it doesn't get slower after that because then we'll be into All Star games and. Oh yeah, well, uh, 
I'm going to be watching a lot of guys and <laughs> writing a lot of stuff and Thank taking you. a lot of video. It'll be fun. But we did want to talk, so we had the hot sheet roll out today. Uh, by the time you are listening to this podcast, it'll be up and live, and, and you'll have enjoyed it, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, by then, you'll probably be able to read my chat. I'm chatting at 2.30 this afternoon. Podcast may be up by then. But we, we've seen some, some themes. Uh, this week, it's a lot of Dodgers. We have Corey Seager, Alex Guerrero. Well, most of Alex Guerrero. We have most of Alex Guerrero. <laughs> One um, part of him is decidedly not hot. Uh, but uh, that's just a terrible, terrible story. I mean, it's insane and interesting, but at the same time, dude lost part of his ear. Dude lost part of his ear because he didn't cover second base. Usually that gets you a tongue lashing. Maybe it's, a fine in kangaroo court. This but, is a tongue lashing to the extreme. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Dodge at the top, and, and as we seems like every week, a lot of Astros in it, too. Uh, mm-hmm. This week we had Jake Buchanan. We had Teoscar Hernandez. We had Luis Cruz. Um, I've been fascinated with the start that Teoscar Hernandez has had. On a Lancaster team that is flat-out loaded, he's probably having as good a season as anyone. Um, Just an interesting guy. He's one of those, I I, I like the description, I think John started using it a few years ago, the cheap five-tool guy. And what that means is, is the guy who you really can't throw. It's not... People throw around five tool a lot, and there aren't a whole lot of guys who have five plus tools. Usually, it's like, oh, he's a five tool player, but yeah, the arms, you know, a little, you know, are you know, but but in Teoscar Hernandez's case, he's a cheap five tool player in that there aren't a whole lot of sixties on that scouting report, but there are a whole lot of fifties, and uh, really, the thing I'm going to be interested to see with him is, is can he can he stick in center field? Still, a lot of questions about whether he's going to be able to do that, but if he can. Then you really got something, um, you know. Now again, obviously, that also be a little determined by uh, they got a guy named Springer who could also play that position. Yeah, right. Right now they've got a guy there. Uh, it's, he's not playing it right now though. He's playing. No, corner. He's, is he? I thought he's, he was DL right now. Is he? Yeah, but Dick Fowler has been the center fielder, you know, predominantly for the the Astros this year. Right, and, and we know in Houston the 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 test if you can play center field is can you climb a hill and how fast. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, but it's an interesting from the standpoint of we, we've seen. We've seen some guys who've been on it regularly. Uh, hello, Joey Gallo, mm-hmm. who's pretty much uh, set up roots on it. Uh, Pete O'Brien had a great week home run-wise, but but he's interesting in that he's not on it because I'll ask you, how much are you concerned that Peter O'Brien, as great as the home runs are, that's what he's doing right now and not much else? Yeah, I mean, he's his slash line as of the other day was... I don't know what the, what the exact numbers are, but the average is the same as the on-base. So he hasn't drawn a walk yet in double A. Granted, it's like 11 games. But and if you're, granted, but, he has seven home runs in those 11 games. But by that same token, if you've hit seven home runs in 11 games, at some point they're going to start pitching around you. You should probably get a walk at some point in there. That's what stood out. We've seen Gallo multiple times this year already. And what's really stood out to him is, is that pitchers aren't pitching to him. And he is understanding that. And he's looking at pitches, you know, it, they're trying to get him to expand his zone, and he's not. He's generally keeping his zone, okay, I'm not going to go chase to try to hit a home run. I'll take my walk. Thank you. I'll stand on first base. I will say this, though, with Peter O'Brien. Uh, he'll be on hot sheet next week because he's going to play in Reading for three days. And to kind of describe how small Reading is, I watched Eduardo Nunez hit a home run off Pedro Martinez there. <laughs> so, he 
he, he's going to hit some fly balls that are going to be home runs in silos and also in Redding. So he'll, the, the anti-Gallo home runs. The Gallo home runs are the ones that they're they're missiles. They're yeah, they're launched by NORAD. Yeah, this will be you can just hit a fly ball, you know, and oh okay, it's it's gone. Um, but I, I thought to the guy who has not been on the hot sheet this year, who's back, and really like back to his rightful place because I, I do believe that uh, Javier Baez had squatters rights to a spot on it from last year. Like if you you know if you maintain a spot for so long, we just hand you the deed to it. Javier Baez was on the hot sheet all of last year. This year, not so much. But, hey, this week... He had, he had squatters rights to the not-hot section for a while. Yeah, uh, he he had been pretty brutal. But uh, how encouraged are you by this week? I, I'm personally still skeptic. He's going to be fine long-term. I'm not ready to say this week means, hey... It's he had, over? Yeah, because this week was a whole lot of home runs... And not a whole lot of other things. So, I mean, he hit the ball really hard when he connected this week. But I still want to see him string together. For one, I want to see him not swing at everything for a week or two. And we haven't gotten there yet. Right. I mean, there are so many mitigating factors here. He's 21 years old. Yes. He's in the Pacific Coast League. He's got a lot of time to work on this. And it's not as if there's a spot just, as you pointed out when I talked to you a few weeks ago about him, it's not like there's a spot just vacant for him. They've got a guy by the name of Castro there who's, who's, who's playing well again. He's playing well, and he's also making money. Uh, so and he's making money, and he's set up. He's got guaranteed money for a long, long time. And hey, if you think, oh, we're just gonna slide him over to third base, a fellow by the name of Bryant kind of raises his hand and says hello. And he might be a corner guy, but they've also got Mike Olt, who they want to. Uh, I imagine they want to give some shots there because they traded for him. Who Mike Holt, who's had a very similar approach to Javier Baez to the start of the year. Hit ball hard. If I don't hit ball hard, I walk back to dugout. <laughs> <laughs> also, they have Christian Villanueva to uh, to Baez's, I guess his well, right, in, in Iowa. I, I do think Baez, I, I'd still be interested to see long-term if he's going to end up at second base. I kind of, in some selfish way, hope not, because I'm a Arzmendi I'm a Alcantara fan. I was going to say, are you a Darwin Barney believer? No, I'm an Alcantara <laughs> believer. But... Uh, but I, I do think that Alcantara, the reality is, is as much as I'm an Arzmendi Alcantara fan, Arzmendi Alcantara is not keeping Javier Baez out of the lineup. Javier Baez could keep Arzmendi Alcantara out of the lineup. It's a good problem the Cubs have. I mean, obviously the, the bad blow for the Cubs this year has been C.J. Edwards. Shoulder. Shoulder. Yep. Still out. Um, they need him. You know, If you told me that Arroyo Vizcaino would be healthy and C.J. Edwards would be hurt, I would say, well, I think we have a bad connection. I misunderstood you there. But, yes, that's what's happened so far. Yeah, but you know what? That's fine. It's not good long-term, but it's not like they needed C.J. Edwards this year. Right. You just want – but you need to see him healthy to continue to develop. Right. Because they need pitching. Um, You know, obviously they may get a chance to – our newest mock uh, has them, uh, I believe, if I remember right, with Rodon in this uh, newest mock. I think so, yeah. And they have a guy by the name of Samarja who's going to bring back some pieces at the deadline. If there's and they've been pretty good at bringing yeah, back at, at that point where he'll, he'll be uh, at that point he'll be zero and nine with a one point five ERA you know and 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 be talking to himself in the dugout about you know the the uh, how wins are meaningless and I, I can't understand how I can never get a win considering I'm he wakes up and sees Hector Rondon in his nightmares <laughs> uh, uh, you know it yeah it, that's a team that's still a little ways away obviously um, but Chris hey. Javier Baez has had a terrible start to the year. Chris Bryant's had an outstanding start to the year. Awesome start to the year. Every day he's doing, the other day it was three for three with a double, a couple runs, a couple walks, stolen base. Oh, typical Chris Bryant day. Flip past it. 
Yeah, it's almost like you don't even get him into Roundup necessarily on yeah. those days. It's like, well, that's just what Chris Bryant does. I can't, I, I, it gets to the point where you read about a guy so many times, you just start making up silly things, <laughs> putting him in the Roundup. Yeah. If you've read the Roundup, you yeah. see what happens when yeah, that happens. I was going to say, that's, that's what you like to do. You get meters named after you. Um, but I guess along those lines, I mean, same thing with Polanco, who you're getting ready to see. What are you looking forward to, uh, you know, with Polanco... What is most excited? Or are you most excited about seeing when you see him? Aside from the player, I'm, I'm when he when he goes up, I'm excited to hear people shut up for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to stop hearing when's he going to come up. I mean, I've been hearing this guy; he's been getting better and better. I remember when I saw him in Double A. I wanted to take video of him, but all he did was walk, and that's just not you know thrilling that, video. <laughs> right, but that's what I like about him is that it's a very patient approach. Um, it's funny, you know, I know some Pirates fans are probably going to be like, are going to think, wow, he really is. Him and Starling Marte are so opposite of each other, it's kind of funny in some ways. Because they have very distinctly different approaches. And in many ways, I think Polanco has a more advanced approach. But I, I would not be shocked when he comes up if he actually has some games where at some point before long after he's up, there's going to be a okay, Gregory, you need to be a little bit more aggressive at the plate because he will stand there and look at pitch after pitch. He'll watch his pitch pass. Right, sometimes. Because he's looking, he really does sort through. And sometimes you're going to get burned by that. Especially at the big league level, we may get burned by that a little bit because they're going to make their hit their target a little bit more often. But, uh, again, I, I, I envy you getting to watch him, you know, for... Uh, I've. I'll be interested to see when you see his BP, because I wonder if his BP normal is anything like the BP I saw at the Futures game last year, which his BP at the Futures game was unreal. No, I I saw his BP last year, and I don't remember him taking more than one ball out, so I wouldn't (laughs) We saw a Joey Gallo BP this year that was remarkably uh, sedate and tame. I guess uh, one of the guys who was there with me, uh, with us, was saying Preston Beck took eight balls out in BP, which, all right, didn't didn't see that coming. Um... But uh, but I, you know, Polanco, you're beside. I'm I'm interested to see what you see with you know. You've seen Micah Johnson already this year, uh, but I've seen I've seen a week's worth of Micah Johnson and three at bats. I mean, she, I was telling you that I took three at bats from the open side and got 14 swings, which is amazing. And he fouled off like 12 of those pitches. White Sox, funny. The White Sox right now have the worst record of in the minors as far as a combined minor league record, and I think it's the best White Sox farm system. That they've had in a long time. Still not great, but Micah Johnson, you, you're, you might get to see Eric Johnson too, right? No, I, they, they shuffled that around. It looks like it's Felipe Paulino tonight. Well, well <laughs> not the same. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but Micah Johnson, we see Marcus Semien already come up. You know, Tim Anderson. I love Tim Anderson. Th- this, is, this is an organization that is in better shape now as far as guys were coming up. Courtney Hawkins is the boom bus guy. Well, when it's boom, it's real boom. <laughs> you know, Francis Montas, who made this week's uh, hot sheet. That's like, yeah, that's one of those guys where you're going to see two relievers stuffed into one pant leg, kind of like uh, who He's was big. Uh, it? Was Broxton. Big, Broxton. Yeah, Broxton, where you had Tim Collins, and I think it was Kelvin Herrera who. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was pretty funny, but he's a big boy, a big big boy who had um, meniscus problems to start the year. And he missed the first month, but yesterday he comes on and strikes out. Eleven and eight innings of two hit ball, and he's got he's got dirty stuff, significant upper, stuff, upper nineties fastball, a slider that flashes plus, or we say plus or double plus. I mean, I would say plus, not double. 
I mean, there was a couple that were just bastard sliders. Right, but I still wouldn't go, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'll go plus on it, though. I mean, I'd think that, you know, and... The changeup was not good, but... Uh, I, st- I still think he's a reliever, would be my guess, but could be wrong. I mean, he's, he's, got, he's got stuff right now, and that's a, a body that I said is big, and you would hope that could shoulder a workload. It was, it was uh, not only eight innings last night, but it was seven no-hit, I believe. So he, we had a lot of those this week. We had Tyler Scaluna, uh, Scalina have a no-hitter. Um, a co-no-hitter. Co-no-hitter, yeah. yes. Uh, Jake Junis took, uh, had eight innings, no-hit innings uh, for the Royals. Uh, one of their... Look at the last year that the Christian Benford's another beneficiary of this. The Royals, the last year of the old draft system, if you were a projectable high school pitcher who was committed somewhere, you could get 500, 600, 700,000 for them in the 15th, 20th, 25th round. And Junis had a really bad year last year, very nice bounce back this year. Um, we forgot the Mike Montgomery no hitter. Yeah, yeah, last couple weeks. I'm saying just this oh, past just week. This week. Okay, this is all this week. We had we had a couple like almost no hitters this week, and a Kono hitter and a four home run game in the minors. John Griffin, thumbs Ooh. up. And then he had a five, and then he had the, the fifth one the next night. The John next Griffin, day. thumbs up. I mean, he's a twenty. He didn't make the hot sheet today. Sorry, John Griffin. You're 25. And he was a 25 year old double A. We do those things kind of you know. But you got in the roundup. Yes, got in the roundup, and I did think about you know we, when we had blast from the past, he would have been a blast from the past. We've pulled blast from the past to try to get hot sheet out a little quicker, but uh, but when we had blast from the past, he would have been a perfect blast from the past for uh, for this week. But it, it is an interesting week for the hot sheet. It's been an interesting first month and a half for uh, for prospects. Um, we'll have a lot. Obviously, we're you know we're covering a lot of prospect stuff now, but we'll be even doing ramping up more. I've been doing some kind of. TJ and injury stuff, but I'll be moving kind of back into the, the world of the not more depressing. of the prospect realm. Yeah, I, I, we'll have up next week. Uh, I think it's next week. We'll have up the stuff that I've been doing for this issue about uh, Tommy John, more Tommy John stuff, and all. Just some interesting uh, looks at, uh, at at kind of Tommy John. We'll probably talk about that on the podcast next week. Um, you know, looking at demographics of Tommy John, comparing high school to college pitchers, and, and things like that. And while we're uh, while I'm out in. Trenton, I'm going to get you know, stuff for a Mookie Betts feature and a Peter O'Brien feature, and there are going to be a couple neat aspects to the O'Brien feature if I can make them work. I have I have faith in you, Bear. You're going to make them work. <laughs> bear slash Chimp, um, and I would be remiss if I didn't tell you the tell the, the listeners about the the Addison Ruzak story from last night, which he's a, a guy who the Yankees cut in in spring training because they were going to send him to Double A, and uh, I don't think that's where he belonged after so many years in that system. But he got his release, and then he signed with the Phillies pretty recently. And started the day yesterday in double-A. They had a matinee, and he played in right field. And then after the game, he was promoted to triple-A. Congratulations! You're moving on up to triple-A. You move on up to Lehigh Valley just a couple hours away. And you're on the bench. And then he, uh, the third baseman got ejected, or the first baseman got ejected, so they moved Michael Franco to first and said, Hey, Addison, you played right field. This morning, how do you have? How do you feel about third base right now? And you know, there he is. He's in two games, in two days, in two cities with two teams. He's not quite Joel Youngblood, but I think in a couple aspects, it's a little more impressive because he played on two different gloves, two different clubs, at two different levels the same day. That's yeah. And uh, he's a guy whose versatility is his calling card. He's I remember and willingness to play wherever they need him to play. <laughs> he's he's not only caught in the minor leagues, he's caught a runner stealing. Uh, he's He'll catch bullpens for you. I remember one week, the first week of one season, he played all four infield positions in the first week. Uh, yeah, he's he's a versatile guy. 
But it's funny, actually, uh, along those lines, Tracy Ringlesby, I believe it was, had a story up at MLB.com this week about the Rockies' suspended game this week and just kind of had some fun with it looking back. I had not realized this, but if you look at, if you go to Baseball Reference, you look at Barry Bonds' game logs for his career, Barry Bonds' game logs look a little odd for his debut because it shows him debuting, I believe it's April 30th, 1987, and he actually didn't come up for another 30, 35 days. But he came in, they had a suspended game that actually played later that season. I think it played in August. And he came into that game, but because of the notion of how they score it, he that game is an April 30th game. So Barry Bonds, I think, arrived in May of that year, but he ends up having a debut, or June of that year, and he had a debut in April because... They had a suspended game, so that's another way, you know, kind of, you know, kind of a bizarre stat line. I think Scott Boris had a lot of fun with the service time issues <laughs> if you did that. <laughs> hey, look, you should get an extra, you know. Yeah, two month. months. Yeah. Uh, you know, but speaking of that. Yeah, um, Phil Irvin, it, too, this week, because uh, he, he hit his second first home run last night. Yes, he exactly. Had, he had a first home run a couple weeks ago or whatever, maybe a week ago, and then, but it was in the first inning, and that game was washed out because of rain, and so the home run didn't count. He hit it over the fence, but no, he didn't. And yesterday he hit his actual first Congratulations, Phil Irwin. You did it twice. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, we're going to make this one pretty quick because uh, Josh does have, Bear has a, uh, a long drive ahead of him. But uh, but we, we did want to talk, though, along those lines. We are coming up. You know, we've been doing the fantasy. We do the top ten fantasy prospects every week. We do what to expect on guys who are coming up. We're going to be really busy on what to expect before long because... Super 2. Super 2 is not far away. Um, we're probably... No one knows exactly. Teams have to estimate it. But at this point, we're probably about three weeks away, if you're conservative, from the arrival of the time where you can bring a guy up and he will not qualify for Super 2. Um, I'll, I'll just throw it out to you. Which guy are you most excited to see get the long-awaited call? Polanco. I mean... It's just simple. Geez. Wait, so you don't think that they're going to keep him down there through July working on these things no, he's working on? No, the reason on? I'm going to see him today is because he doesn't come into Durham until the third week of June, which it's very unlikely, unless we're all off on the estimates, that he's going to be there in when Indy comes into Durham. So this is the last chance to see him in the minor leagues. Yeah, for us. For us. Yeah. So uh, you got him. Um the interesting one is, is I, I know there's a lot of speculation that we that we will see uh, Oscar Tavares at the same time. I'm not so sure on that. Where? Uh, again, I, like I, I know there are some Cardinals fans who were upset that Shane Robinson came up this week. Shane Robinson came up because Shane Robinson can sit on your bench for a week and you don't feel bad about it. There, I understand that the the Cardinals you know need some kind of upgrades to their offense and all, but the problem is is that. They're not ready, understandably, to say, okay, you know, we've decided that Craig is a platoon player. Right. I, I don't think that they rightfully are thinking, okay, I don't think we think that, that Oscar Tavares can play center field every day. And I don't even know. They're not ready to say, okay, Peter Borjos is a fourth outfielder. There are a lot of reasons to think he may still be down there a little while longer. And the reality is, is that, I'm not saying he's not a better prospect because he is. If you look right now, Randall Grychuk is is out hitting him in you know on the same lineup, and who is probably a little bit better center fielder than him. If you're talking about a guy who could play all three positions, better defender, and he's already gotten the call once this year, briefly, briefly. So there's that. Um, 
from, if we're talking about fantasy, from a strictly selfish point of view, I'm hoping Jock Peterson gets a call at some point. I don't know I, if it'll be Super 2, but there's another. Where do you put him? Yeah, I was going to say, that one right now, I, I don't think it's anywhere near close, because... Uh, Puig is... Puig is Spanish for trout. Yes. Um, uh, Carl Crawford's owed a lot of money, so you got to play him. Uh, Matt Kim is owed a lot of money, so you got to play him. And there's Andre Ethier somewhere in the picture, so he either needs a lot of injuries or a change of scenery, as I said in the roundup. He doesn't have a Super 2 problem, he has a Super 4 problem. That's a good way to put it. Super 4 are <laughs> Kemp, Crawford, Ethier, and Pui. And then I, when you told me that line, which I like that line, but I, I did say it's more like a Super 1, maybe 2, and 2, well, well I okay, mean, Pui is, is super enough for 3. Yeah, that's true. So, By the way, if you haven't seen it... Um, go see that catch that he made last that, night. The catch he made last night is insane. Also, the MTV2 show... Uh, I don't even know what it's called. But they do. They had him go to a park with Fat Joe, and they had regular people celebrate things by doing bat flips, and that was pretty good, too. They had also... He was playing playing video games the other day, he celebrated something with a controller flip. Yeah, well, he, he actually... Watching Yaziel Puig celebrate Yaziel Puig on PlayStation yes. and a game-winning homer is also... You Listening know, to it is amazing. It, he it, goes insane. <laughs> we, we're both Yaziel Puig fans. My my take on this is is that, okay, yes, there is sometimes that he does things that on the field as far as like he did sins yesterday. of over aggression, sins of you know throwing the wrong base, things like that. That part I understand. He still needs to refine. I am not one who thinks that he is showing up the game. I do not think that. It's the same. I saw a great story on my KBO about this last week, talking about the Korean bat flips, <laughs> and talking about how, you know, we do not put that it, everyone has to play the game the way that basically was played in the U.S. in 1955. Um, in Korea, pitchers are not shown up by bat flips. Bat flips are part of the game. Which, by the way, for me, and I'm not. I guess I'm not the most diehard traditionalist, but. Bat flips, yay! I, I enjoy seeing some emotion in the game. And you're you're trying you're trying you're poking the bear here. You're poke, gonna, poke. you're gonna want me to rant here, but I'm sorry if you don't want the guy to flip the bat, don't give up the home run. <laughs> I'm Bill Bell. I don't care. Ken Griffey Jr. stared and did that trot every time. Barry Bonds did that drop the bat and kind of look at it a lot. So you know what? what? No, nobody ever dared question what? them. I was gonna say, I, I you know, yeah, to me. That part, that's a good part of the game. The, the reality of it Jose is... Jose Lima time was awesome. Yeah, I, I don't mind there being... Now, if you want to mock a guy who bat flips and, you know, it flies out to, you know, to, it goes 350 feet, hey, mock on that because that's fun to watch and laugh at the other way. Puig did it yesterday. Yeah. He bat flipped on a double. But, I mean, but it was a double. It was a double. He, he nailed it. In Korea, they'll bat flip on fly balls that don't even make the, the outfielder take four steps back. Those are fun. Or the one the other day where uh, Will Myers, uh, he bat flipped on a on a home run. He bat flips on every one of them, uh, but it didn't leave. And then he got an inside the park <laughs> home run. That was a little while back, but yeah. Yeah, that was a while ago. And Puig's done it where he bat flips and then, oh, oh he has to get a triple. And he get that's pretty impressive that you like stay in the box for however long, and then you still get a triple. I remember a scout telling me after seeing him in Double A, and he's saying like it's like I, I didn't get to see Bo Jackson when he was coming up, but now I think I know what it is with Puig, and that's still a pretty good comparison. Yeah, I mean just just look at the body on him. I mean if you want him, if if Los Angeles ever gets a football team again, 
Sign him up. No, no, I don't want another hip injury. I, I, where, want, where, I want long-term puig, not short-term puig. Here's a good question bad for hips, you. Bad hip puig. Where, where, where would Yasiel Puig go in the NFL draft? I, they don't, yeah. they don't go. He'd be a non-drafted free agent now. I mean, he's a big boy. Yeah, Aggression yeah. is no problem. But, you know, not, the, the sack dance would be amazing. Really, they go. NFL goes more for the uh, the, the power forward who's six foot five than the uh, haven't drafted a baseball player who doesn't play football in a long, long time. But well, I wanted to keep this under thirty minutes because uh, Josh uh, got to write a script for Yossi, uh, not Yasiel Puig, Video Scouts View, and you know before he gets on the road. Thank you again for the download. We'll be back. Uh, it'll be either I don't know if we'll be able to schedule one of us doing it next week with Monday you or Tuesday, but. If not, I might, you know, rope in uh, John and, and me into one again, and maybe we can just yell at each other. As you all seem to enjoy that last week, you know, but uh, we, we do like each other. We just get we're very passionate at times. Um, but for Josh Norris, I'm JJ Cooper. Do want to remind you again, though, don't forget BA's draft offer. Subscribe now and receive one extra month of access with any premium content subscription. Go to baseballamerica.com forward slash subscribe. For Josh, I'm JJ. Next time we'll talk, we'll have. A whole lot of new video and prospects and all to talk about. Thanks again. See you next week.